Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's Exploding Boy. I was like, oh no, you have to say we're every week. Every week. One Alkaline Trio song. Because it's been a while since you and I have talked about one Alkaline Trio song. It has been. There were holidays. I was traveling. I've been sick. It's been a whole thing. Did you have a good time traveling? Sort of. <laughs> did you have, a, did you have a, a better time traveling than being sick? Yes. Okay. Yes, obviously. That's good. That's uh, good. I don't like being in New York very much. And no? nothing really changes that. Even when you're back and you're hanging out with Patreon pleasures? Yeah. Uh, uh, our boy Tom, Tom Sheehan of uh, Axe to Grind, who, that was a great hang. I was uh, stoked to get to, to, you know, chat with that guy for a little while. I was stoked uh, to get to, t- to talk to uh, an Axe to Grind uh, uh, talker as well Yeah, on the same day. It was very funny how that worked out. Um the synergy, the crossover, it's just, it's bubbling up. Slowly. I almost said to Patrick, could you just take this mug to Tom? Because I need to ship it. But if you take it, save me some money. He would probably break it. He would probably break it. You know, you're going to give it to me, and then you just uh, didn't show up. You know what? Hey, that's true. And you also need to take one. We've said this <laughs> yeah. every time since those mugs that's came true. in. Take your mug home with you today. I will. Um, speaking of our Patreon pledgers, I don't know if you all heard the word, but this is an idea that came up, what, a couple days ago out of thin air. David, why don't we give our Patreon pledgers an early Christmas gift this month, this month of December? Mm -hmm. Sorry, early holiday gift. Yes. This month of December, every week of this show is going to be a song that is decided upon by our Patreon pledgers in a poll. I think that's a great gift for a lot of reasons. Uh, I, I felt this way traveling over the holidays and dealing with Thanksgiving where like I understand and I do not fault any people taking weeks off during that because life is busy, yada, yada, yada. But I do kind of crave that content then. I want to have something to go to when I'm bored at home. It's uh, been, yeah. And I'd like to hope that by giving people the power to choose, we'll give them more of what they want Yes. Uh, in that time frame. And it's also an exciting thing to be able to throw some stuff up there and see what happens. Yeah. And we decided to do a poll that was four cover songs. Mm -hmm. And let me start by saying one of those picks, and this is, this is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell everybody exactly what I'm talking about here, but if you're following on Patreon, you're going to know what I'm talking about. One of those picks received one vote. Mm -hmm. That one vote, I know how to do this now. Jim Guys, our boy, thank you for, for supporting uh, what would have been my pick, mm-hmm. and also one of my absolute top fifteen favorite songs of all time, got one vote. One vote. What song is this? Heaven. Psychedelic furs. Yeah. 
that's a oh man that song does things to me but we had a close race in this one we had a rocky horror picture cover mm-hmm. and we had a cure cover and it was this cure cover not the other cure cover We'll get to that. It was Exploding Boy. Yes. The winner. The original Cure cover. Narrow margin, the original Cure cover, a Cure cover that, depending on where you are in your fandom, is something you might not even know about. Yeah. I. Uh, <clears throat> this one, it's a weird song in a lot of respects because it's a very rare, I guess, Cure song. At least was for a long time. Yes. Um, it was a B-side really only in european territories only in the uk it was a b-side to in between days which was a huge single admittedly uh-huh. off a big record first uh charting single for the cure in the u.s was in between days makes a lot of sense like number 99 yeah i mean the cure's history is fascinating for a lot of reasons that being one of them but this song is like still kind of a uh you know a rarity among that band and to see it covered by the Alkaline Trio in what was, I think, recorded in 99? Yes. You know, this... Join the Dots was out then, I believe. No, Join the Dots came out around 2003 or four. Hmm. Um, it definitely came out after the greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember buying it uh, around the time that I went to see The Cure for the first and only time, which was in 2003 or was it four. the Curiosa Festival? Yes, The Cure, Interpol, The Rapture. Well, Good lineup. Yeah. Uh, before before we get into the song, like, tell me about your relationship to The Cure to start. So because the, clearly you were into them by that point. Yeah, definitely was. Um, but I, I would say that like with all the music that I grew up with, The Cure was a band that I was aware of but never really listened to. And I remember the joke in... Um, in the wedding singer, uh, right yeah, before yeah, he yeah. plays the song, he's like, "I was listening to the Cure a lot," and I remember I knew what that meant, even though I don't think I could name a Cure song. Yes, you know, my dad made a lot of tapes, and so I definitely, once I got into him, realized that, like, oh, okay, I know that the Cure sings uh, "Friday I'm in Love." Yeah, I know that the Cure sings "Pictures of You," but uh, for me, really, the introduction was the greatest hits collection that came out in 2002 or three when I was in high school. Yeah. I had a a similar thing where I, uh, there's three bands I got into pretty deeply because of the parents of the kids I grew up with. Uh So growing up in an area where everyone was largely like Mexican, Puerto Rican, some, some form of Hispanic or Latino descent. uh, The three bands I got into through them were the cure Morrissey and Iron Maiden. That is an interesting uh, lineup. Not really. I mean, those are all huge in, in Mexican culture and oh, Hispanic okay. culture. Okay, sure. Uh, in large tent poles within that community. And that's how I got them. It wasn't through the kids I knew. It wasn't through any of that. It was that like their their parents would drive us around and they would play the cure. Uh-huh. And that's how I... I knew Friday I'm in Love. I knew right. the, the hits. But that's how I was hearing deeper cuts maybe not this song but that's all three of those bands i learned yeah basically through osmosis so when do you when do you remember getting like i guess past that point of uh being aware or knowing the hits i think similarly to you it was the greatest hits comp specifically the original pressing of it that came with the acoustic hits right um which i love and still love but that kind of opened it up for me um 
and it made me just kind of dive in. They had an incredibly uh, well put together 0304-05. Yes. That Greatest Hits collection came out, Join the Dots came out, mm-hmm. they toured, and they put a record out, a self-titled record, that was fantastic. I that still really like it a very, lot. very, very underrated Cure record. Yeah. Um, I think their modern era is often very overlooked i would say blood flowers is maybe the weakest of certainly so those, uh-huh. but i think self-titled has some great stuff i think 413 dream has some really good stuff yeah uh, the production's kind of wonky but like the songs are there there was just I th- a lot of excitement and uh, another thing uh too that i was uh, that i forgot to mention in in those uh releases with was that they reissued the first few yeah records in really really nice uh packaging two discs, um, extensive liner notes of the CDs that I bought. Those were some of the most cherished, and those were things that I was also very thankful that uh, my dad passed on to Mm -hmm. me was, hey, when something like this comes out, you should get it because you're going to get so much good shit out of it. And so I got so much good cure history um, of the first four uh, LPs uh, Three Imaginary Boys is kind of a it's a weird one. They yeah, didn't even yeah. want to make a record, but the uh, uh, Boys Don't Cry was such a good single. Yes. But 17 Seconds, Faith, Pornography, still my favorite era of that band. I have a lot of opinions about this band, but part of the reason I've always loved them is it's so easy to fall down the hole with them. Yeah. There's different eras. There's different sounds. There's a lot of B-sides. There's a lot of lost tracks. You see a lot of different moods and modes at any given point um and they are such a big band but are such a cult band i think as a result of that and i like a band that is willing to show you the work a little bit where like you may not get those collections when the records first come out but then you get this context of you see how they went from one thing to the next one era one sound to what they were doing five years down the line and i think that all kind of leads into where this song gets placed in Head on the Door. Exactly. This is this comes from the Head on the Door sessions, and and Head on the Door is kind of a marking point for The Cure, where they they come out of a spot where they make pornography, which is a very dark and intense record. There's like no symbols on that record. It's very plotting and it's brooding. Probably my favorite. Cure record, but I I would not say that I've listened to it uh, as much as like five other ones because it puts hmm. you in a dark place. I like it a lot. It's not one of my favorites, but like I respect it so much. And when I need it, it's great. They follow that with uh, with the top, which is kind of a shaky release. It's basically the only Robert Smith solo record. Um, but Head on the Door is a record that comes out that. It's really the first embrace that The Cure has of pop Mm -hmm. and also uh, multi-layered, very expansive um, instrumental uh, tracks put on top of this stuff. You listen to songs like In Between Days, which has a lot of different shakers and and there's like 18 acoustic guitar tracks that are on there. And then you listen to something like close to me which has a small orchestra that like shows up throughout it and just breaths Mm -hmm. like just multi-tracked breaths and god you you said it when we were talking that song it's it makes no sense how good it is well to to 
relate this to Alkaline Trio again because mm-hmm. we're getting there, people. Yeah, we are getting there. But you know, there's there's some table setting. Is I think I think the Cure has always been a genuine influence on Alkaline Trio, and I think on some of the later records, say Agony and Irony, this addiction, maybe even a little bit of My Shame is true. You see a lot of that type of layering happening, but in an, an elegant way. Like Close to Me is the type of song that on paper should not land because of all that shit being thrown at it but it it works against all odds it really does work and i think i think that influence is something i can see on that more modern period alkaline trio stuff but it doesn't work in, in part maybe there's not enough maybe it's not a full commitment because I'm not listening to close to me for guitars. Right. Whereas with Alkaline Trio, like the guitars are still very present. Mm-hmm. They can't, they've never been really good at removing that layer and letting the other stuff carry it. Excited from like, I don't know, prevent this tragedy. Some of, some of those types of crimson songs. Right. The, 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 the weight of close to me comes just from that bass progression and the yeah. little bit of, uh, of percussion that's in there. But it's, it's an interesting time. I think for the cure where they're coming out of this dark, dark place but they're starting to get into more of a pop oriented direction and you listen to the cures version of exploding boy and it's it's a really dark song but it's got a lot of pretty things on top of it yes and what trio does with their version of it i think is just it's such a tremendous effort because they really do such a great job of making an alkaline trio version of this song yeah and it doesn't have the pop things. It's just, it's just got the kind of the abrasiveness it's, of what's what the song is. It's very faithful, and I think like it makes sense. This this song being recorded in '99, kind of as a one-off, leading up and probably written during the writing process or or done during the writing process of maybe I'll catch fire. You know, around mm-hmm. I lied my face off. It makes kind of perfect sense, right? Like still hasn't gotten the guitar. Uh, toned down. But. True, and his vo- Skiba's vocals are a little rough. Yeah. But I, I think this was my first experience with this song. Oh, was yeah. hearing the Alkaline Trio version. And I think for most people listening to this, that's probably true. Yeah. And it's a desperate track. <clears throat> it's very desperate. And it, it, it fits in perfectly with that era of the band. Yeah. To me, like, it makes perfect sense this, this was in the era of Lied My Face Off leading into Maybe I'll Catch Fire. You know, that long bass progression kind of presages the, you know, like keep them coming style of Matt's guitar parts. Uh The big coupling of Matt and Dan singing in the choruses together on those big held out notes. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff. And I think this this always showed to me like when they do those more subtle kind of like key synthy washes, it, it lands really well. You know, it's it's faithful. The source material is very strong, but I think they they ring a little more desperation out of it. Yeah, Matt's um, Matt's voice does a lot to do that, and I think Dan's Dan never leaves that strumming no. on his bass, and Glenn is carrying a lot. Yeah, with the way he's playing this song. Well, and I think that's something that gets kind of glossed over when people talk about the Cure is that everyone in that band is really capable. The drum mm-hmm. parts are pretty interesting and intric- intricate. The bass is is such a huge part of that band, and I think Robert Smith as a guitar player is often very undervalued. He's incredibly undervalued, and I think the song is a hard thing to pull off because the Cure has always had two to three guitar players, mm-hmm. so. Stripping this down to a three piece is 
it's a task. Yeah, and and they they really do it, and I think that that's something that you find in punk covers of of you know pop songs that there is an ability to hit at the heart of what it what is happening in a song in the barest form of it. Um, oftentimes, it's maybe silly or dumb, or it's been you know overdone to such an absurd extent. Yeah, but. In this instant, they're able to hit on something that I think is is very particular to uh, who they who these players are at this juncture in time. Totally, and I, I don't know. It just captures such an interesting moment of like it's a, such a one off. It's recorded in Homewood, Illinois. Like they like went out to the suburbs to do this for some reason. Like it's 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 such a curious song because I found it immediately striking, and then it's disappeared it's gone if you look at um the self-titled album on spotify excuse me how dare you it is not there yeah it's been removed from the cds it wasn't on the vinyl pressing um so yeah the song is now like they it started by them covering like a real b-side deep cut and now it's kind of become that for them where it's arguably aside from maybe songs on the demo tape or like angel alcohol or whatever like it's it's one of their rarer tracks at this point because it's been off it's not on streaming services you're basically relegated to like having an old cd copy or streaming it on youtube so the original instance of this obviously self-titled is a collection but this first appeared on a compilation called pocket bomb uh, which was uh, released by A Law of Inertia. Which was a label slash zine in the late 90s, early 2000s. And they put out some records, but nothing really of note. And, mm. you know, that's that's that. Yeah. Sometimes these things can get a little bit complicated, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. That's where we'll leave that. That's where we'll leave that. So what else do we got on this song? I feel like it, it does such a great job of, of hitting, and it, it does such a good job of kind of communicating the idea that like you don't pull a cover like this out of something that you're not very passionate about yes and the fact that these kids know exploding boy at this time uh you know this is a b-side for in between days the single that was only available in the uk the in between days single in the u.s had a different b-side yeah this was something that you could only get on Standing on a Beach, which was the first collection of singles, but the tape version of it. Yeah, yeah, not the LP. Staring at the Sea, the LP has, you know, singles up through Head on the Door. Yes. But since the tape is longer, there's some extra stuff on the tape version of it. And this yeah, is which one includes of some B-sides. It's, it's also like the interesting thing about this song is that I think Alkaline Trio historically has been very good at covers. I've often liked a lot of them. But this is one that occupies a unique space where, like, I feel like they own it more than The Cure, Um, which is, I know, like, a very, like, lofty thing to say. But I saw The Cure play this, play Exploding Boy, one of the last times I saw them here in Chicago. And it was in their, like, second encore because they fucking regiment their set into, like, four sections. Uh And Robert Smith comes out, and I'm there with my friend Mark, who, like, you know, I grew up with, and, like, we were into all these bands together. And he comes out, and he's like, uh thick british accent and he's basically like we're gonna play 
a song that not a lot of you are going to know, and then we're going to play the song that's on the other side of the record that a lot of you are going to know. Uh-huh. So they play Exploding Boy and then do In Between Days. And he kicks into Exploding Boy, and I'm like, what? This is wild. And I know the Cure version, and I like the Cure version a lot, but I want the Alkaline Trio version. Uh-huh. It's like you, you, know? you hear it when it's uh, when it's turned up a little bit. I, and it's, it's. I want it to be a little screamier, right? A little faster. What's gonna hit you? It's what hit you initially, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like watching old sitcoms. It's like sometimes too when you listen to like, you know, the the roots music of of certain genres or subgenres. Yes, yes. Sometimes it's good because you can understand things better. Sometimes it's just like, oh, in about. 10 years everybody's going to be a lot better at doing this and i can just go ahead and start from there and move forward i mean yeah i think i've it's going to be a tangent but recently i gave you a little uh starter pack on a genre called death metal yes which i think is a similar thing where i think you need to understand the roots but i think so much of it nobody knew what they were doing nobody knew what they were recording and i think once it Arguably, when it becomes codified, it becomes very boring, but then people break from the form again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is an interesting example of like, so there's so many like early 80s, late 70s, like punk and hardcore things I know, but do I listen to them? Right. M- maybe not, you know? And I can appreciate what something gave to a genre or gave to people without needing to listen to it that much. I think understanding that is very important. And I think this is a unique example of like the Alkaline Trio showing pretty early on in their career, like what they're coming from and what they are bringing into punk at a time when I wouldn't say the Cure influence was that present, especially this style of it. Right. And, and I think too, to put it into the terms that you were putting in earlier of just like, this is, this is as maybe I'll catch fire as things are going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, yeah, it's deliberate. There's a choice to all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you rate it? I'm going to give it four out of five. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Four out of five. I think that, uh, I think that this is done as well as it can be done. The, uh, the tears that are above it on the rating scale are reserved for like really knocking out of the park. Right. So, um, this is, yeah, this is a track that you're not going to be able to find it on the streaming services. You can find it elsewhere. Um, and if you haven't listened to it in a while, listen to it again. Cause it sounds just as good as it did when you were 15. If you never heard it, fuck have fun. Yeah. This is, and then go back and listen to the cure version. Oh yeah. And then just go, all the way back and listen to The Cure. Yes. Um, you know, my dad saw them pre-makeup. Ooh. Stage about this eye off the ground, standing right in front of Robert Smith. Staring at the sea. Standing on a beach. Uh, hey, this is, uh, as you were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. We want to thank you so much for joining us and listening to us talk about a thing that we like we do it because we like each other and i gotta say that this is a this is a a thing that we get to do that it always makes me extremely happy and something to look forward to every time that we do one of these again for the first time in a while i know i go through this but i like hanging out with you likewise my friend so we really do appreciate any of you who are coming by and enjoying it uh we encourage you 
to tell a friend about it, to share it uh, with people. And if you want to, go on over to patreon.com slash as you were, and you can participate in the votes. You can tell us what you want to hear next. We got some other things that are available. A lot of mugs. David's taking one with him, but we got more left um, and other incentives out there. Uh, so we're going to do this either way. If you want more from us, that's the place to go and do it. It's, help, uh, it's a place to help support the show. But hey, we're going to be back next week with another song. And God, I, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be so good. It's going to be, be so great. You know what the song is? I know what it is. It's a good one. I want the masses to tell me. We'll be back then. Thanks, Bubba. Thanks, Bubba.